Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And after the game, you told us, obviously, Devontae, a guy of his caliber, needs more than four uh, targets. Matt said the same thing yesterday. you got to get your playmakers the ball. So when you guys are, you know, obviously everyone's in agreement on that. What's the process? You know, do you get together, the three of you? Like, how does that work in terms of, you know, just moving forward from, from what you said to actually getting it done? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. This is episode 15. I'm John June. I got my guy, Greg Penniman. What's going on, Greg? Week four, man. Going well. Week four, you talked about it. Just coming off by the best waiver weeks I've ever been a part of. Uh, Definitely Fab Budget was one of the best things to ever come to fantasy. So glad we uh, shifted shifted that. Uh, anyone who's in that waivers with reverse standings, man, get get that league out of here. It was a great week for, for waivers. Yeah, the big storylines yesterday were how much was Daniel Jones going to go for, how much was Wayne Gallman going to go for. You know, we got a lot of Giants fans in uh, in the League of Extraordinary People. We got a lot of quarterback needy teams. So uh, we got some people that obviously need running backs. Everybody needs running backs. So uh, what which bid surpri- surprised you the most, Greg? Oh, man, the Wayne Gallman bid, 60 one dollars uh it was funny because i actually put the second highest waiver in at 32 so i would have got it if that 61 didn't blow me out the water uh and also i think i overspent myself for jamal williams i bid 21 dollars for that um but you know matt lafleur he's scaring me he's uh he's giving he's he's not lying to the people about even up those touches because jamal williams had more touches than aaron jones last week so yeah, I, I wanted to get him. The, ne- the next highest bid was six dollars, though, so I could have won ten. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I was shocked by the Jamal Williams for twenty one dollars, but um, you know, we talked about it a little bit. I, I actually am, am on board with you now about the Jamal Williams pick. He, he, you know, we'll get into him a little bit more when we talk about the matchup. Um, but Wayne Gallman sixty one dollars. I thought that was interesting. Um, but again, you know, every league is different. Every run, every situation is different. Um, the Saquon Barkley and our owner in our league didn't actually put in a significant bid. I think the bid was $15. Um, but you know, they didn't felt they didn't felt like maybe Wayne Gallman wasn't, you know, going to be the, the thing that put helped push their team over the edge or helped replace the, what they lost in Saquon Barkley. And that's okay. Like, you know, some people, part of this is, is saying, Hey, is Wayne Gallman actually a good enough talent to take advantage of the situation? Or is somebody going to come in and, and take, and take him over? But someone who's not going to get taken over for is Daniel Jones. And I, I put the highest bid there, $24. Um, so I guess for me, you know, I have Josh Allen in the league of extraordinary people. He's my sleeper quarterback. I've been riding him all season. But this weekend they play the Patriots, man. And, and um, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to, you know, bet against Belichick in, in this one. The Patriots haven't allowed an offensive touchdown since the AFC Championship game of last year and Pat Mahomes that was Pat Mahomes and he's not playing on Sunday so I uh 
I, I'm going to bench Josh Allen this week. And then Josh Allen plays Tennessee next week, which is Mike yeah. Vrabel, and that's Bill Belichick light. So um, and from a defensive you know, game planning perspective, and then the week after that is a bye. So I think I'm going to get three useful weeks out of Daniel Jones this week, especially with, with Washington on the slate this weekend. He, he won't let you down, man. He won't let you down. Nope, nope, most <laughs> definitely not. Um, I have faith in I have faith in that. Um, but moving forward, uh, we'll get right to the news uh, and the big the biggest news topic. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported uh, a few hours ago that. Uh, Melvin Gordon's actually going to be reporting this weekend. Uh, he's reporting to the team. Uh, he will not be playing this weekend against the Miami Dolphins, so he won't be able to pad his stats. Um, but what you would you make of this one, Greg? Yeah, we uh, heard early in the day Schefter reporting that he was going to come back soon, so we just didn't know when it was going to be. At first, thought it was sometime in October, but now he's coming back early. Uh, he'll be back for next week. Um, yeah, um, I'm excited for him to come back. Uh, it's good to see Melvin Gordon back in the league. He's a great player. Um, just now we got to look forward to see how this is going to impact Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Um, personally, I think, you know, it probably takes the biggest hit to Justin Jackson. Um, yeah, and I know Eckler always had a role before while Melvin Gordon was on the team and, and before and after the holdout. So I think his role is, you know, it will take a hit, but I don't think it will take as much of a hit. He'll still be you know, every week flex player, I think, because he was doing well as the handcuff or as, you know, sharing time with Melvin Gordon as well. Yes, most definitely. Um, Austin Eckler, I think he's he, he was always a useful flex play last year. Uh, I think he finished as a, as a top a top 25 or top 28 running back last year. Um, so also, that's an RB2 that's, territory, yeah. That's, RB, that's almost RB2 territory right there, right? So. Uh, he's a borderline RB2, RB3 that, that could be a weekly flex play uh, depending on the matchup for the Chargers. Um, especially, again, obviously with all, like, you know, I feel like we've been talking about it all, all offseason, all, all, you know, the last three weeks. But as long as these Chargers weapons continue to be out, you know, uh, Phillip Rivers is going to have to feed other Chargers weapons. So, you know, if Melvin Gordon's back, I think that, you know, if you have to ask the Chargers coaches who their top weapons are, they're going to tell you, they they can't you know Austin Eckler can't not be on that list, so um, I think Austin Eckler is going to have a role like you said Justin Jackson, uh, he I think you know he's he's purely uh, you know a handcuff at that point to you know if, if Melvin Gordon goes down or if Austin Eckler goes down, uh, then Justin Jackson you know would would fill in in some kind of role some right. kind of capacity. Right. But yeah, now let's move forward. We have. The uh, some injuries to cover. Uh, the first one, I guess, the most relevant one to to tomorrow night's game is Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, is expected to play after sitting out last week with a calf injury. Um, are you are you going to start him this weekend, Greg? Or if, you, uh, if you're an Alshon Jeffrey owner, will you start him on Thursday? I think. I mean, this is a really tough matchup. The Packers are like the second best team against wide receivers as far as fantasy points, uh, right after the Patriots. So I mean it's not a solid matchup, but I mean if you draft you draft the outside Jeffrey B your your wide receiver too. So at at the very least if you have a tight flex position, uh, you might uh, I don't know it's a Thursday night game too. You have to make a quick decision. So I think I'm, I think I'm gonna still put him put him out there just as far as like opportunity. I feel like Carson Wentz is gonna target him a lot. Yeah, no, I, I it depend. It really depends on the team, on the roster construction, on the format. If it's standard scoring. 
um, where you know it's all about yards and touchdowns. I might be more inclined to to start them. Um, but if it's you know half point or even full point PPR, there's other options out there. You know potentially. Um, you know we talked. Miko Hardman is somehow owned in only forty nine percent of leagues. So I'd rather start him. I think in a yeah, matchup against Detroit. So um, it really depends on what your team looks like. This you know the format of your league. Um, those kinds of situations. Um, uh, but let's see. Let's go. Let's move forward to another wide receiver, T. Y. Hilton. My guy. Uh, he he sat out practice today with a quad injury. Actually, so I, I heard this. Um, Holden Kushner, who uh, has m- many podcasts on Four for Four, but he does the Fantasy First podcast, uh, which is just kind of a news breakdown. It's really useful. It's just like a five or six minute podcast. I definitely suggest it. But um, he was saying this morning that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, apparently, they they held him out of the game because they were afraid that he was going to re-tear his, or they were, that he was going to tear his quad. Right. Um, so you definitely don't want to hear that. Um, and that means, I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I just I would imagine that the team would proceed with caution in this, right? You know, if if he was put at risk of tearing his quad on, on Sunday, I don't know how you know, how f- far removed from that risk he is, he'll, he will be on Sunday. So I would proceed with caution if I was a T.Y. Hilton owner. Yeah, I'm T.Y. Hilton owner in the League of Extraordinary People. Uh, he said if he can go, he'll go. He's he's a tough player. He's battled through a lot of injuries throughout his career and played through them and succeeded through them. Um, so we'll see how that situation goes. Um, they're going to give him a lot of treatment. So we'll just keep, keep uh, stand by. Yeah, no, it's definitely something to monitor as the week goes on. Um, Cam Newton, I, he's been diagnosed with Liz Frank with a Liz Frank injury. It seems like, uh, so seems like he's gonna he's gonna be missing an extended period of time. Uh, so, like we talked about, Kyle Allen will be starting, you know, as for the foreseeable future. Um, again, you know, are you concerned about the what this does to the players in this offense, Greg? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think it really does help Greg Olson upgrade him a little bit. Uh, I think he's a, a solid tight end one for you now, for sure. Um, DJ Moore, I think he's still a safe receiver. He did have a low target number, um, but he had a long reception for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe downgrades them slightly, but uh, I think Greg Olson gets impacted as, uh, a lot. CMC, though, is still top three running back in fantasy, no doubt. Oh, no, no doubt. CMC, he's, you know, every week stardom. Yeah. Um, the DJ Moore thing is interesting because, you know, we talked about, we looked up his uh, Kyle Allen stat line from last year, and the re- the receivers that were in that game with him, and and DJ Moore actually led the team in targets that day. Um, Curtis Samuel was the one that got into the end zone. Um, this weekend, this past weekend, they they both got into the end zone. Um, I don't know if you saw the DJ Moore touchdown, but that was mostly DJ Moore. Yeah, just doing DJ, just getting some DJ yak. more things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was just him getting some yak, um, getting to the end zone. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel again, like we talk about, down the field targets. Um, that's what he, that's how the, he's using this offense. But you know, I don't think there's, I don't think those things are going to change. I think that's going to continue to be the case going forward. Um, I would expect DJ Moore to get a few more targets. I would hope, but you know, we'll see. You know, he got he was his most targeted receiver last year, so. Um, we'll see. Um, moving forward, Saquon Barkley seems like he's getting a second opinion on the on the ankle injury. He went to go see an ankle specialist. 
Yeah, he did. Um, not really sure if he's going to get great news here. It's a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out at least the four-week mark, I think. Um, so, yeah, just be prepared for that. Yeah, it's funny. I, I usually think that when people go to get a second opinion, it's because they, re- they really didn't like the first opinion. <laughs> so it can't be good. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't think this is this is you know much much is much is changing here. Um, let's see. Vance McDonald uh, looks like his non-injury that Mike Tomlin was making a non-issue of turned out to be an issue because they traded for a tight end and Nick Vanette from the Seattle Seahawks. Looks like they gave up a 2020 fifth round pick. Looks like uh you know Pittsburgh's going all in. Yeah, just getting some insurance uh, for Vance McDonald. Um, definitely expect him to be out for at least this week come, game coming up if the Steelers made that move. Uh, and, yeah, we dropped him in our league for, you know, to figure something out right now, uh, maybe some trades. We picked up Vernon Davis. So uh, maybe you need to look for a backup plan for Vance McDonald right now. Yeah, um, one of the names that – it's 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 interesting. I I threw him in a DFS lineup this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the week. But Noah Fant, somebody to watch, rookie tight end. Um, he was the other rookie tight end out of Iowa. That's not TJ Hawkinson. Um, so somebody with an athletic profile. He's running, uh, you know, stops and routes amongst the tight end position. Uh, at least he was going into this past weekend. So um, definitely someone we'll talk about later. But. Uh, Chris Godwin seems like he has a hip injury, Greg. Yeah, he's day to day with a hip issue. Um, I think it's just something to monitor. It could be like one of those days where just getting some treatment. Uh, I think if Thursday, Friday, you got to look at his uh, practice uh, appearance, see if he's going to be back or not. Yeah, something we'll just have to monitor uh, as the week goes on. Uh, Devin Singletary again sitting out practice with a with a hamstring injury, so. Um, I don't think that he's somebody I would want to use in this matchup anyway. Do you? Nah, playing the Pats. Pats are one of the best defenses in the league this year. They have some weak opponents, but I think it's not a fluke. They're they're a solid team. They're they'll take away your strengths anyway. And one of them is the Bills rushing. So if even if he was playing, I wouldn't start him. Yep, um, definitely agree there. Mike Williams looks like he sat out practice with the knee injury, um, the same one that's been that's been bothering him. Yeah, he's been. Dealing with that uh, all season long, um, I wouldn't expect to roll him out there. Even if he does come, he could be in limited play. And, yeah, Keenan Allen is really the main and only pass catcher that she should be focused on. He's one of the tops right. in the league right now, if not the, be- the best wide receiver right now as far as fantasy. Nope, definitely agree there. Um, <clears throat> Damian Williams still missing uh, practice with that knee injury. Yeah, he's still missing practice with the knee injury. Shady hasn't popped up on the injury report yet, so that's good news for him. Uh, but regardless, if Damian Williams is out, Darrell Williams has some fantasy intrigue, uh, especially in a high under, over-under game against the Lions this weekend. Definitely agree with you on everything you said there. Uh, Darrell Williams has got to be a high-priority ad. Um, he was available in our Dynasty League today, actually. $500 fab budget, $194 spent. I'm not mad about Worth it. it. Um, this one I thought was interesting. We just, this one we saw right before we, we hopped on, uh, Demir Bird, uh, the Cardinals fourth wide receiver. Um, he missed practice today with a hamstring injury. 
this is intriguing for two reasons. Typically, we're like, hey, why do we care about the fourth wide receiver? The Cardinals run the more four wide receiver sets than anybody. Um, By like a lot. A lot. And so Demir Bird is is running um, 80 to 90% of the team's routes. Uh, which is means and the, the, you know for a team that runs as many plays as the Cardinals do and like we talked about on the Tuesday show, um, you know this that's all good for fantasy. So the second reason why this is beneficial is because this opens up the door potentially for rookie wide receiver Andy Isabella. Uh, he was the Cardinals' second round draft pick. Um, he was out of UMass, four three one in the forty yard dash. This kid could fly, just flat out speed. Um, and if he gets on the field, I know some people from the dynasty community um, will be will be very very excited. Um, and so yeah, somebody to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, seems like Case Keenum missed practice with a foot. This uh, potentially opens up the door for another rookie in in Dwayne Haskins, the rookie first round pick quarterback for out of Ohio State. What'd you make of this one? Yeah, um, Jay Gruden actually was saying that he's, you know, Case Keenum is still our starter dancing around, you know, the questions about his health. He was seen in the walking boot today. Um, so I'm not sure if, like, that maybe he's going to be out of it tomorrow or Friday. But, you know, I mean, Jay Gruden seems confident if he's still the starter or he just didn't feel like answering reporters' questions. Yeah, coaches tend to tend to be liars anyway, as we've learned, so... I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of this. All I know is in two-quarterback league, I put a bid in for Dwayne Haskins, so we'll see what happens. Um, Yeah, so that's a nice little segue right there, actually, because that takes us right to trust it or trash it. Um, Case Keenum leading us leading us off. Uh, Jay Gruden leading us off. Um, so, Greg, do you believe that Case Keenum will remain the starter? Or... Rather, matter of fact, Case Keenum will remain the Washington Redskins starter. Do you trust it or trash it? Yeah, I, I trash that. I trash it. I think you need to get, you know, see what you got in Dwayne Haskins at some point. I understand not them, them putting him in the game against Chicago. That would have been a bad setup for him, <laughs> just putting him in the fire uh, against Khalil Mack and them boys. So <clears throat> I think, you know, he's going to be the starter maybe, I feel like, in the next couple weeks, especially if the Redskins are are still like losing badly. Um if Case Keenum's healthy, I think he'll start against the Giants this week though. Nope. Um see I see huh. Yeah. I I, bl- I have to blame the person who had, who wrote this question, so I, I, I guess I'm gonna blame myself technically here. <laughs> but there's no there's no um there's no time on this. So if I have to ask if the question is do I believe he will remain the starter through this week? Um if he's healthy enough to play, I think that he'll start. Um, the the Redskins, it doesn't. Jay Gruden doesn't seem like the kind of coach who's going to make a rash decision as benching is in benching a starting quarterback because he played a bad game against the Chicago Bears. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. I I don't think I don't think that he'll bench him this week, but I think that he'll be benched in like two weeks. Yeah, if they go start so, on five. You know, yeah, 0-5, 0-6, yeah. you know, now it's like the season's kind of over and the fans are, like, yelling for the first-round pick and, you know, ownership's kind of like, hey, let's throw the kid out there, you know. But this is what you paid Case Keenum for, to lose against Chicago. This is what you're paying him all that money, 
right? To take a to take a beating from Khalil Mack and and the boys <laughs> and Hakeem Hicks and the boys. That's what you're paying him to do. So I'm sorry. I I'm gonna let I'm gonna let him take some a few more lumps and then I'm gonna throw Dwayne Haskins out there when I get to play like the Jets or something. I don't know. Um. Well, okay, to another Gruden brother, the other Gruden, because there's two of them, unfortunately, for us in fantasy. But um, <laughs> one of them, one of them may not be a liar, but we'll see. So, uh, John Gruden says that he wants to get Josh Jacobs more touches and and more involved in the pass game. So, are you trusting or trashing this, Greg? Yeah, be, just because of precedent, because you know John Gruden has you know not lied to us before. He said he wants to get Darren Waller the ball. He said he's special. He has been doing that. Darren Waller is top in tar- like one of the top in targets as far as tight ends. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trusting it. I'm taking it all the way. I, I love that news actually. You know, if Josh Jacobs starts getting targets, you know that that word just starts <laughs> buzzing in my head. Targets, yo, I, I, I love it. Nope, most definitely agree with you. I'm I'm trusting this. Like we said, like you said, and we were talking about it before. John Gruden is not of all the coaches. He's not lied to us. Um, he said he didn't want to replace Derek Carr. He didn't do that. He said that he wants to get, like you said, get Darren Waller involved. He's done that. He wants to make Josh Jacobs Offensive Rookie of the Year. He rushes for two touchdowns in the season opener. Um, so I I have to believe that if, if John Gruden's saying he wants to get him more involved in the pass game and all that stuff, I, I have to believe that's going to happen. Um, and I've been saying it, you know, kind of saying it like the start of this week. I think I think Josh Jacobs is a buy. Um, I think you should buy him now. Uh, the schedule gets a little bit nice, and if, if we get this this news that he's involved in the pass game, um, that's only just going to be a boom to his his value. Um, and then, you know, the matchup this weekend, I like it a lot, actually, against Indianapolis. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying that maybe the – we need to start the Indianapolis defense against the against against the uh, the Raiders here, but the Indianapolis defense is a little bit banged up. Uh, they've got Malik Hooker potentially missing in the secondary, Darius Leonard missing at linebacker, who was out last week, um, and and we saw Devonte Freeman have his best game. So I I think uh, if you were gonna buy Josh Jacobs, I think the time to do that is is going into the, into Sunday. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, man. So we got that trusted trash it out the way. So. Let's jump right to the game. That you know, Thursday night football. We got the one and two Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Green Bay, Wisconsin, to take on the Green Bay Packers. The three and oh, Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Actually, Aaron Rodgers, that this he would is, think he's zero three. Right, forty six and a half point over under. We've got a four point spread in the Packers' favor. Greg, what do you make of this? Um. I really can't bet against Aaron Rodgers at home, especially against the struggling Eagles as far as injuries. And, you know, they're coming in one and two. I'm taking the Packers in this game. I'm taking the the Eagles, though, against the spread. I think it is a very close game. They only lost by three against the Lions yes, last week at home. So, um, so I'm going to take the Eagles against the spread. And I'm going to take the under in this game. Thursday night football might be a little ugly. So I'm, I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, uh, I don't know. See, I'm going back and forth on the total. Yeah. Because um, the Eagles' defense has been really bad. Right. So that makes me feel like the, the Packers could potentially score some points on. I mean, which they're, not, they're capable of scoring points. You know, they scored points on Minnesota. Um, no problem. 
So I know that they would score points. It's just would Philly be able to attack the front on the Green Bay side? Because this Green Bay defense is really good. Yeah, especially that so secondary. 46, the secondary. So the implied total here is 20, 25 to 21 Green Bay. Mm, I can see it going 24, 21. I think I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I'm, I'm taking the mm, taking the Packers against this. Mm. I'm taking the Packers against the spread, man. This defense is really good. I'm yeah. taking Green Bay okay. to We're... win the game. Um, and what's your key matchup here? Uh, key matchup, I'm really looking at this wide receiver cornerback matchups on both sides. Uh, these Eagle wide receivers, you know, against the Packers secondary, we just said Packers secondary is elite this year so far. They allow the second lowest points to wide receivers, as I mentioned before. You know, Alshon Jeffries back, you know, Nelson Aguilar, and Matt Collins, who played uh, 75 of 76 snaps uh, against the Lions on Sunday. So I think he's locked in there as a starter as long as Djax is out. But uh, this Packers secondary, Kevin King, Tremont Williams, and Jaya Alexander are a great core. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that matchup. And then on the other side, the Eagles, you know, are very vulnerable secondary. So I need Devontae Adams <laughs> to have this bounce back game this week. It has to come here. I mean, honestly, if it doesn't come here, you know, you're, you're, you're starting to panic a little more now, I think. No, I I agree with the the sec the the assessment of the the Green Bay secondary man. It's really good. Uh, I know we talked a little bit in the summer about Jair Alexander. You have some you have some some IDP dynasty stock of Jair Alexander, um, but he reminds me and and you know I don't want people to to think I'm comparing him to him or whatever, but he reminds me of Darrell Rivas, just the way he he plays press man to man. Uh, his his physicality, his tenacity, uh, just the way he competes. Um, he's like always competing, always swiping at the ball, always trying to to make to force an incompletion. Um, he he had an incredible like forced fumble and simultaneous recovery against the uh, against uh, Denver on Sunday. Uh, so this guy's active and and he's coached by Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator who used to be the coordinator for the Jets and and. You know, was was with Revis those years, so um, they're they're using him as a shadow corner. He's he's on the on the uh, the other team's top target, so um, that's he's definitely someone. If you if you like cornerback play, you like wide receiver play, um, watch twenty three for for Green Bay because he's definitely fun to watch. Yeah, it's funny that you compared him to someone because on fantasy profile they haven't compared to Stephon Gilmore. So high praise for him, this man right now. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore is probably the best corner in the game right now. Yeah. Um. You know, all Pat Shade aside, he's the best corner in the game right now, for sure. Um, but for me, uh, yeah, Devontae Adams, he's in a nice spot, like you said. I think this is a smash spot for him. Um, if it's not, then Matt LaFleur has got to go. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. But for me, I think the biggest thing is I'm calling out this, this, this Eagles defensive line, man. You know, they have two sacks all year. Um, that's second lowest in the league. Uh, and and they they got names on there, man. Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, high draft pick, Vinny Curry, Brandon Graham, Tim Jernigan, like Josh Sweat, who is another high draft pick. Like there's names on here, and and these guys two sacks. I don't know, man. A 1.7 percent sack rate. That's well below the league average. Um, this Green Bay def- this Green Bay offensive line is is middle of the pack. They have a 7 percent sack rate. 
Um, so this could be a nice little bounce bounce back spot for this Eagles defensive line. Um, sacks come in bunches. We saw that last Thursday uh, with, with Jacksonville getting nine. So um, maybe this is this is the opportunity to, to, to get that. But you know we'll see because apparently this is a new this is a new Green Bay offense. They don't they don't throw the ball all that often anymore. So. What do you make of that, Greg? What's uh, are you starting Aaron Rodgers this week? Is he a must start in this matchup against Philadelphia? Ah, uh, man. I mean, I it's because of the Aaron Rodgers at home one factor and the fact that the Eagles secondary allows you know seven point seven three fantasy points more for the wide receiver mean uh, above the wide receiver mean that, that's fourth worst in the league. I think they're you know bottom of secondary because of that. I think Aaron Rodgers could get two or three touchdowns in this game. So I think that's a good fantasy number as far as touchdowns. So I, I would start him. Uh, I think this is a, a matchup where you, you got to throw him out there, see what he could do. Uh, and one of those games where, like, if he can't do it against this team, then you're like, all right, maybe I could start panicking a little more on Aaron Rodgers as well, both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae. I think I'm going to make a bold statement. Here we go. I think that Aaron Rodgers is no longer a must-start fantasy asset. So you think he's not a QB1? I do not believe he is a QB1. Wow. Well, And the reason I say the reason I say this is that uh we were talking about the numbers a little bit off the air. Um they're down from 8th to 24th in terms of plays per game, yep. right? So they're running a much slower pace than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um and in terms of the rate at which they they actually throw the ball. Last year, they threw the ball at a rate of 67.5% of the time. And that's down this year to 56.2% of the time. So they're running the ball at a rate of 43.8% of the time. Um, the lowest that Aaron Rodgers has ever had in his career was 56.5%, right? Um, off of his career average of 59.9, so almost 60%. And you know what, I get it, Aaron Rodgers is great, and you're like, well, who cares if they're only throwing the ball, you know, less you know, less, less than they were relative, right? But um, that makes out to like 496 pass attempts. Aaron Rodgers, if you take the last four seasons uh, where he was, where he played all 16 games, he averaged 574 pass attempts, and on those 574 pass attempts, Aaron Rodgers had a, uh, he had a touchdown rate of about 6%, which includes his career low last year, which was 4.3% or 4.2% rather. Aaron Rodgers right now is 4.3% coming off a year where he was 4.2% touchdown rate, right? So those are those two numbers, lowest in his career. Wow, that's kind of alarming. Yeah, so we're not getting the volume and we're not getting the spectacular Aaron Rodgers touchdowns. And maybe they're going to come, you know, but at the same time, we, we know how... Um, we know how the scoring and quarterback, the quarterback scoring is necessary is is relatively flat, right? If you don't have Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson right now, um, you know the, there's there's not a huge difference between the rest of the quarterbacks, right? So for a position like that, why am I going to you know having a, pl- a player like Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team? I feel like almost hamstrings me because I'm never going to want to bench him, right? So to me, I'd rather almost you know, take the name away from it and just, I'd rather just stream quarterbacks at that point. If I could trade Aaron Rodgers just because I'm getting, you know, somebody has the, sees the name value, then I would be, I would, you know, more, more than definitely do that. 
Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Um, yeah, the, you, I just before I said it, if this is the game, it's gonna happen. This is this is the one for against the Eagles. Great matchup at home. Um, I think he does have a bounce back game. I think he gets you over twenty fantasy points. Oof, that's the bold prediction. That's 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 my bold prediction. Aaron Rodgers gets you over twenty fantasy points for this game. My man Aaron Rodgers is back. That's a bad man. Mm. That's the best quarterback in the league, man. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, it's 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 like the the thing is 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 when they get down there to the red zone, I just they're gonna just hand it to Aaron Jones. <laughs> I know they need to start targeting Devontae more. But they, they don't. even Aaron Rodgers said it himself. But he, like, we need to get Devontae the ball. He's the and one. Matt Lafleur respond, <laughs> responded saying, "Yeah, that's up to you and the coaches." <laughs> oh man. <sighs> we, and on the Eagles side, I think if the Eagles are going to win this game, they're going to have to attack this, uh, you know, Pat. I mean, Packers rushing defense because yes. they're pretty vulnerable in that area. Dalvin Cook ran for 154 yards against them, and the Denver running back combo of Philip Lindsay and Royce ran for 144 yards last week. So, uh, Miles Sanders, you know, Darren Sproles, Jordan Howard, they're going to have to step up in this game. Nope, most definitely agree with with all that right there too. Um, this this Green Bay defense is. They're they're definitely strong. They have a good pass rush. They have a good secondary. But if there's anywhere they're vulnerable, it's in the run game. Um, Kenny Clark's a really good interior defensive lineman, but when it comes to the edges, uh, for whatever reason, they get killed on these outside runs or just even, um, you know, these like little cutback runs. Um, it, it, you know, the, it's almost I don't I don't know what it is, but uh, they've given it up to like you said, Dalvin Cook. Even when we saw David Montgomery, the little carries he was getting in Week One, he was he was working with yeah. them. Um, and then even last week, they played Denver, and, and both Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay had breakout games last week. So uh, if if huh, if you're Miles Sanders owner, are you going to start him? I think because of the uh... all right. Let's say this: I have asking for a friend, right? Asking for Bianca's fantasy right. team, one of her fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> If you if you had David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, oh, or Jamal Williams, <laughs> who would you start? Let's let's not even talk about actually David Montgomery, David Montgomery and Miles Sanders between those two. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Miles this week. Uh, I liked his uh, volume number last week. Uh, they they got him the ball a lot. Um, I'm not sure if Matt Nagy's fully committed to giving David Montgomery the ball yet. Yeah, I'm not in love with the matchup against Minnesota for David Montgomery. That as well. And um, if Matt Nagy's going to continue to just be a jerk, then <laughs> like I, I I could go on and on about Matt Nagy and how much he disappoints me right now. But we're not going to do that because it's not his show. Um, but yeah, no. I, it's just tough because you know these Thursday these Thursday games like I I I want to sit and wait on them to to make a decision but I I can't because it's right here and right now and it's always you always feel worse if you start that guy and he puts up a dud in your lineup but you feel it ten times worse if you didn't start that guy and he's on your bench and he went off so um, yeah if, if you're a Miles Sanders owner the only thing that gives me pause about the Miles Sanders about starting Miles Sanders in this situation is that they're they're expected to be down, right? 
um, which they were down last week for a lot of the game, but uh, didn't really make a difference. Miles Sanders were still getting involved. Um, yeah, he got four targets last game. Yeah, but the, then there's the fumbling issue, right? And he and he had fumbling issues back at Penn State too. Yeah, it was two fumbles. He lost one of them. Yes, that's kind of rough. You're right. So right. So like now you have that thing working against him, and he's a rookie. So who's to say they're not going to say, you know what, you need to sit down for a while, and we're going to go to these veterans and Jordan Howard and Darren Sproles and. Corey this is probably Blake. why Matt Nagy won't give David Montgomery the ball because he is a rookie as well. <laughs> Don't we're not talking about Matt Nagy right now. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. We're, sorry, sorry. We're back. We're back tomorrow. Smart, back tomorrow. That was the question though. So I was not raising my blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, but in all seriousness, Miles Sanders, he's he's really talented. His snaps have gone up each of the last three weeks. Um his his snap shares, his his target or his his opportunity shares have all gone up. So I would like to think that trend continues. The matchup is great, though, like we said. Yeah, great matchup um, this week. But the process says that he's not a, necessarily a good start. <sighs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it really yeah. depends on your team. Depends if you have better options. Like, if you got to pick up – if you got an opportunity to spend $61 on Wayne Gallman, uh, I would totally start Wayne Gallman this week over Miles Sanders. Um I know we 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 pounded the Frank Gore drum last week. I would not go to that well this week. They play New England. Don't go to that well. Yeah, um, there's you know Matt Brietta, <laughs> Morissette, Bell's on a bye. Miles Sanders might have to be a flex play this he week. He might have to be a flex play this week, huh? Yeah. So I just wish we could just go to positionless football, and I would start all of these receivers that are just sitting on the waiver wire. You know? <laughs> one running back, um, one wide receiver, and all flexes. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> Just get rid of the tight end. We don't even need him anymore. Except, actually, they're making a case to make it back. So, um, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I didn't give a bold prediction. Yeah, what um, you got? What you got? What I got? Hmm. Let's see. Carson Wentz is playing tomorrow, right? That's a bold prediction. That is, <laughs> that is a bold prediction. <laughs> oh man, that I see what you did there. I see what you did. It's the play. It's not playoffs though, so he's playing. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um. Hmm. Mm, let's go with Jair. Let's get defensive, right? Jair Alexander okay. forces a turnover and scores a defensive touchdown. Wow, that's super bold. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that because I have the Packers defense in two or three leagues. So, yeah, I like that. Ooh, that'd be Let's bad though, because I'm playing against you in Dynasty this week, and you have Jair Alexander. Yeah, and I also have the Packers defense in a league, a ten-team league, and you're playing against me too. Ugh. damn. Yeah, yo. But you All called right, whatever. Already. Don't take it back. It's over. I'm not. It's cool. I'm not gonna take it back. No, no. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well, I, that's it. That's all. I guess that's that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm glad it's not a divisional matchup. You know, it's, it should be a good game. Wait, actually, one thing. We just got to talk about the Jamal yeah, Williams, up? Aaron Jones thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You already know. That's that's always the most intriguing thing of any Packers game, that touch number. Jamal Williams got more touches last week. I went to, for $21 to get him today. Um, Matt LaFleur believe as long as he's the coach of the Green Bay Packers, Jamal Williams is relevant. Uh, I mean, I'm still in the free Aaron Jones wave, but, you know, I'm not seeing it, so I'm going to just have to 
ride with the ride with what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, no, I think this is I think this is the definitely the definition of a ball control offense. Like we we were alluding to with the stats about Aaron Rodgers, um, he's relegated to almost a game manager. Uh, Green Bay is running the ball uh, at a at one of the highest rates in in football in terms of in terms of attempts. They're not super efficient with their attempts, but they're running it a lot, um, and they're they're using a two headed monster approach where Aaron Jones and and Jamal Williams are, are handling these touches almost equally, um, and it's not it's not any kind of touch. All I all I can say is what I've noticed. Uh, I watched the, the game against Minnesota, and I watched the game against um, against Denver. What I can say is it seems as Aaron Jones is the goal line back. So um, he's Makes the one that's he's getting the, on the, the field. touchdown number. Yeah, he's getting the touchdowns. Um, I I don't know if that's you know a game plan thing or maybe they just like his ability because Aaron Jones has one like they they both do things very differently. Aaron not very differently, but they both can play in the pass game. They both can play in the run game. Uh, you know, both very good on first or both equal, equally good on first and second down. It's just Aaron Jones brings a, an explosiveness that Jamal Williams doesn't have. Right. Um, the thing though that Jamal Williams has is he has this physicality. He runs behind his pads. He's he's like you know bringing, um, he's carrying defenders, moving piles for like six or or four, you know six extra yards. So he's doing all the dirty work, getting all those those dirty inside runs running people over in the fourth quarter. So uh, it's curious to see how it splits. Um, it might be annoying to navigate going forward, but Jamal Williams, if it's going to be continue to be an even split and we know the injury history with Aaron Jones, I think Jamal Williams is somebody uh, that should be added in, in, in all leagues. Yeah, I agree with that notion for sure. Um, it's a, you know, you talked about it run controlled offense they they want to pound teams where wear teams down like how the titans try to do so by the fourth quarter you know they can win games with their three and oh i guess it's worth formulas work so far with their defense as well so yeah i'm i'm adding i added jamal williams uh i think oh, yeah, you didn't just add him ah uh, yeah i i was all in on him. <laughs> all in 21 dollars <laughs> a fab 21 21 um yeah no the uh the other thing though too is uh you know I think we got to finally put this to rest man this MVS and, and Geronimo Allison thing bro I think we got we got <laughs> to let everybody know MVS is the way to go Yeah MVS is the way to go Yeah uh, eight uh, receptions that's a, a good number I, I like that that means he's getting targeted a lot he's getting that was more probably targets than the Devontae I'm pretty sure um yeah yeah, no, like I said to you before, the, the Devontae Adams, I think, was a, more of a function of last game against Chris Harris. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good corner in his own right, so I think they were kind of avoiding that matchup. But the game against Minnesota, they were targeting him. He, I think he had about eight or eight or ten targets in that game. I know he had about eight catches in that game, uh, but a lot of it was working the sideline, working – um, the short slants and the and the and the screen passes, you know, doing what we what we're used to seeing from Devonte Adams. So, um, I think this is a nice spot for him. I just like I said, going forward, I don't know how much of the volume is going to be there um, for him and for this offense in in terms of pass attempts. But uh, he's still a, a really good player, and Aaron Rodgers is still really good too. So, 
Bold prediction part two, Devontae Adams gets a red zone touchdown. A red zone touchdown. So yeah, that's very I mean, specific. I, yeah, yeah, I need that. Ooh, that's that's what that he fade, ate last that year. Fade, that fade route. Yeah, they ran man. that to MVS last game, actually, by the way. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. But Devontae Adams wasn't on the field. So I think they, they went like uh, they went. They had a fullback in, one receiver. They went play action, fullback on the wheel route. The fullback, I think, actually scored. But then they went like quick snap, like on the ball. And I guess because MVS was still in the game, I think Aaron Rodgers what is one of those things where he checked out of a run and went to the right. went to the stop fade. And um, Matt LaFleur got went crazy probably. Yeah, Matt LaFleur probably got mad. Like, we don't audible. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll be it'll be interesting to watch Matt LaFleur too, because I know I've said some stuff to you about him and his 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 mental his mental uh, it's coaching decisions. Yeah. Coaching decisions, yes. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> keep it least. at that. Yeah, we'll just keep <laughs> it at that. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. All right, man. Well, that's, uh, that's you know, it's always, it's fun. Um, guys also want to announce that we're also live now on Google Play. So, Ooh, uh, okay. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and now Google Play. Uh, for play, all you, breaking all news. You, all you users that want to use, uh, you know, a different a different format to listen to us, um, or platform rather. But yes, again, please subscribe, rate, follow, review. Um, again, yeah, we're up on to 100 followers on Instagram. Up to yeah. 100 followers on Instagram. Let's try to match that total on Twitter too. At FF Diagnostics, both sites, both handle same handle. Um, once again, we appreciate every single one of you guys for taking the time to listen to us. And uh, good luck on Thursday, and we will talk to you guys on Saturday. Good luck, everybody.